is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. And as always, I'm your host, Bailey Agbra, and joined with me might be the last time, one of the last times he's in his house, but the captain here, Mr. Andy Full. We still got like a month and a half before we move to the next house. So we got some time. That I'll be I don't know why I thought it was like the next this little week. cubicle dinky office that my wife also uses part time for her business. But yeah, it's been it's been a week. <laughs> so I'll say that. Yeah, I was uh, you kept saying it like yeah I can't go home today, and then next day goes yeah I can't go home today. You just been basically kicked out of your house, door dashing yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. Uh, so like. We're in the process of selling the house that I'm in currently, and I think we're at like 40 viewings or 45 showings. We have an open house that we're getting ready for Saturday that I have a feeling is going to be absolutely flooded with people. And I'm like, I can either just sit in my truck and sleep somewhere, or I'll work and make some side money because all the creeks are starting to freeze up. So guide season here for me is going to wind down till about March before we start steelhead fishing heavily again. So. About how many French fries do you steal in each DoorDash? You can't because the bags are sealed. Uh, but I have thought about it. I'm like, mm, <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Dude, that was definitely a problem for them. Like when they first started, it had to. Oh, 100%. Like there's like every once in a while, I'll get like a chicken finger sub and I'm like, oh, that smells so good. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. DoorDash, just, they should comp their drivers with like a meal a week. They should. Yeah, like that's actually genius. Like it's not a bad gig though. Like I worked, I think, five hours today and made quite a bit of money, so I won't complain. It was mm-hmm. fun. Driving around hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. staring at shield. Yeah. Hey, yeah. All we're doing is surviving till summer when smallmouth season starts. So yeah. Not summer. You got like a couple months. April. So April is going to be like a weird wash for me, okay, for things I can't really announce. And uh, house things can't announce. May, June, like almost fully booked. So it's going to be fun. Okay, for me, April. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, for you, April. Well, I'm sure I'll be able to sneak out. <laughs> I'm sure I'll be able to sneak out, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, see. we'll leave it at that. We'll, uh, yeah, for when the time's right. But, uh, yeah. dude, you've been, you've been, all over the place. So give you props because you work your butt off. But I have to say, I think our guest today is easily the hardest working individual yeah, he, in the entirety of the Nobody operation. compares to Luke Palmer in work. So whew. No, I don't think anybody holds a candle to this guy's schedule. Like literally, I think 20 minutes ago, he was like feeding cattle, doing something ridiculous on a ranch and makes the time for us dummies yeah. to come talk fishing. He's one of our my favorite people to get on this show. And it's, honestly, it's been a while. So it's good to get a good catch up with I, him before season starts. I say, what? The last time we had him on was right after the classic. And it was like a thunderstorm in his camper. If I remember I correctly, something along those lines. Yeah. Like it's been yeah. way too long since we've had him back on the show. But yeah. uh, today's, today's episode is actually two guests, not at the same time, but we're going to have Luke on. We're going to catch up for about an hour or so. And then uh, <laughs> we're not going to try to, be a thorn in his side for his insane schedule. We're going to let him go. Let and then sleep. That's right. And we're going to actually bring on uh, Mr. Steve Owens, who's never been on the show before. Uh, Steve Owens is a very, very good tournament director uh, in the kayak uh, realm of things. And he just took over as the Bassmaster Kayak Series tournament director. He's going to be running things over there now. 
So he's going to come on. He's going to join us. We're going to chit-chat. We're going to talk uh, 2023 Bassmaster Kayak schedule, any announcements he has to make, any rules, stuff like that. Talk a little bit about the, the kayak trail because I think now that it's in the hands of Steve, it's going to do way better than it has uh, in the past two seasons. Um, so we'll have Steve on for a little bit, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, but one more week, and I get to spend a month in Florida, dude. Yeah, I'm jealous. Like, you're leaving right when New York hits, like, the coldest month of the year. So I'm going to be here twiddling my thumbs, waiting for things to thaw, packing up my house, and you are going to be running around in the sunshine. I can't even talk. Sunshine (laughs) state. I should hop on a plane and come see you and, like, Mui and whoever else is down there wants to take me fishing. But I don't know if the life will let me get out. February is the birthday month. So... The February is Amanda's month. Got to take care of her. Hey, birthday's a day. You can fly down for nah, a weekend. Nah, man. For what oh, she allowed me to do in my life, like I owe her every ounce of bit that she wants. So, what in the world did I just? I heard like, I, we so we got Luke in the queue. Did you hear what I just heard? Like a, like a weird waterfall sound. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so the, she just texted like, me and it popped up on my screen. She goes, I don't care about my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what I heard. I don't know what the heck just happened, but like you're talking, hey. like I heard, I don't know, maybe I'm losing my marbles, which is probably the case, but we've <laughs> been rambling for too long. We need to yes. we need to get our guests down here, but really fast before we do that, uh, if anybody is uh, in New York or in Rochester tomorrow, which is a Saturday, uh, what is today's date? 26th to 27th um and you're in rochester head over to the rochester boat show i'm going to be there at the morgan marine booth if you guys want to come by chit chat talk some hobie kayaks um but also quick andy before we get into getting luke on here what is tomorrow's lure lab episode uh we have hayden anderson coming on talking some wintertime tube jig fishing for smallmouth and largemouth there's some good little juice nuggets dropped in there it'll be a good one mm-hmm. okay so yeah well, that will be linked down below. You guys can go check it out. But I think without further ado, Mr. Luke Palmer. What's going on, man? Yeah, not much. How are you guys? Cold. Yeah. <laughs> I can't complain, but, uh, man, like I was saying, so was I right? You were feeding cattle, like, what, 30 minutes ago? Yeah, I just I ran home and uh, had I try, had to help. That. As soon as we got out of work, we got out of here early, or not early, but we closed up and got out a little bit earlier than normal, and Helped him put out hay and silage, and he had to go doctor a calf. And I said, well, brother-in-law's here to help him do that. So I was like, I got to go, guys. Y'all have fun. So I left him hanging for a little while tonight, so he'll have to survive somehow. So you're saying what we did, we stole you away, and it's a good thing. Not not we're taking the yeah, We gave you I'm a not, break. I'm not complaining. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got out. Which, here in another uh, about a week or so, I'm going to be sitting in Florida, so he's going to have to somehow figuring out on his own then but that's the only thing bad about starting early because we feed at least to april 15th that's the i don't know that's like the dreaded tax day anyway so you know and that always fed up till then and so i'm gonna be what three or four or five tournaments deep by then so yeah yeah he'll get it figured out he always does is it it weird for you to be away like is it is the elite schedule easier than when you're home in the off season? Oh, hundred percent. Like I would much rather fish 12 months out of the years. I would be home. Like, yeah. Honestly, I think that was a really dumb question. <laughs> it was, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the Come stress on, level, you know, the, tur- the tournament fishing is definitely a stress. You know what I mean? 
but it's at your own pace, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Because, you know, I mean, to an extent, I guess you'd say. I mean, I'm daylight to dark in practice anyway, so it's really no different here, except that I don't have to get up quite as early here as I do fishing. But, you know, I get to – it's still – it's still I, I can stand up on a boat all day and run back and forth to the, you know, front and back. But uh, when you stand on concrete all day, it's just mm-hmm. a whole different level of, you know, your back hurts, your knees hurt. You know, it's just – it's part of it, so – but you got you can't bite that hand that feeds you is what I always like to say. So that's my that's my motto on it anyway. Very true. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, trying to think about it. I mean, you're when you get up to go fish a derb or practice, it's probably sleeping in to what it's usually like when you get when you're home working on the ranch. <laughs> yeah, it, you know it is. It's I don't know. We've slowed down quite a bit around here for Dad. He's getting older, so he's definitely. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to get up at four o'clock in the morning on Sundays to start work. So we sleep in a little bit. You know, I try to hunt a little bit in the, in the winter if I can. Uh, but he still wants to get up at like 730 and, hey, let's go build fence or let's go work cows or, hey, we need to put out, hey, you want to go cut wood? Let's go cut wood for fun, you know. I mean, he just – the, the fun is uh, is not normal. Like I had a guy tell me he's uh, – this guy always, he said, Hey, come out to the house, you know? And, and, uh, he said, I don't want to go out to your dad's house. He said, he go, him and his buddy go build fence for fun. What kind of fun is that for somebody to go want to go hang out? So he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'll just see y'all at the store. Oh my gosh. So. Building fence for fun. <laughs> oh, he, could be worse. my dad loves to work. Like I, not much. <laughs> hey, I mean, Cutting briars out by hand. That might be the only thing. Yeah. I mean, that it's a it's a different kind of person, but oh, I respect it. The people that like view that kind of work and they're like, "Yeah, this is fun." Like that used to be yeah. me, like getting the bushes out, like ripping them out of the ground, like back in the heyday of like when you're an athlete. Because you looked at that and you're like, "This is like a more interactive workout than just picking a weight up and down." So you kind of thought that was fun, but then you get yeah. to an age, you're just like, "Yeah, that sucks." Like, why do I want to go throw my back out? <laughs> <good>. to that? <laughs> yeah. It hurts a lot more now. It used to not hurt. Now it does. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, that's part of it. Back it when it's we got to be a hard transition, too, from, like, the fishing season back to work because your body's not used to, like, that repetitive motion of just building fences and laying hay and stuff. So you're just like, oh, I hurt in places I haven't hurt yeah. in weeks. This sucks. <laughs> it, it is the last term of the year. It's, like, almost – I mean, I love, I love coming to work at the store. Don't get me wrong. So don't take this the wrong way, but it's almost depressing. Like I don't have anything to look forward to. Like, you know, when we get done in August, September, it's like, so what do I get to look, you know, what do I do now? You know, it's cause I've been on the road for six Building months fences. and it's like, this is, yeah, it's like, well, I guess I'll, I'll go home now and, you know, <laughs> hang out at the ranch and do stuff. But it, it, it does. Cause you get, you get in that mindset, you know, when you're off fishing, like that's all you're thinking about, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't, I mean, that that's it. And then all of a sudden you come back and you got to actually think about other things, you know, cause you know, as well as I do, we're on, when we're fishing, we're by ourselves for at three days, at least, you know, in practice, like solely by yourself. And then, you know, even tournaments, you gotta, you know, you have a marshal with you. I mean, sometimes, you know, not all the time. So you're looking at a full another full day without somebody and you talk to people at the 
uh, at the weigh-in, but after that, you're back to the camper and it's back to solitude, you know. So it kind of, you know, then all of a sudden I come back to work and I deal with, you know, 40 to 80 people a day, you know. So it's definitely a transition, you know. It, 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 you have to, your mindset has to change. It's like for a, for a kid, it's like the last day of summer before school starts for you. Like it's when the last tournament is like, oh, God, school, it's back. Damn it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And then you revert right back to the last day and you're like, woohoo, I get out to go fishing or go to summer. And then it's all over. Yep. It's over quick. It happens <laughs> yeah. so fast. That's what's bad. Like, you know, it's like, man, seasons, that's six months. That's a long time. No, it's like, it's over with and you're back to work. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, which I still I still drive this year. I'm not I'm going to fish the Centrals this year because they got one of them that you follow, which is an iron ten minutes from my house, and I'll never have one that close again, you know. Yeah. And uh, unless we have an Elite Series at Texoma where you follow, but uh, I'm going to fish them Centrals this year. So my schedule is going to be, you know, you add three more tournaments to it. There's going to be a little more traveling for dang sure, you know. But I haven't got to fish this much. Since I got on the leads, <laughs> dude, heck yeah! You know, it, just, so, is you fall a home right. home lake for you? It, it kind of would be. I mean, I've cut my teeth there, tournament fishing. That's kind of where I got started, anyway. And I mean, that's where I've been the most, probably there or Texoma. I've been to both of them. There, I'm almost exactly an hour in between both of them. So, gotcha. it's just whichever there was a tournament at, that's where I went. You know, so but I, I do like, like you fall a, a lot. Yeah, I heard it's really diverse, like in regards to you can just do whatever oh, you want. Yeah, you can you can fish. I call it crystal clear, and it's like seeing three foot. You know, that's crystal clear for Oklahoma. And uh, But you can go fish mud. You can go way back up in creeks. You can fish standing timber. You can fish rock points. You can fish brush pile rocks. You can fish offshore. I mean, it's it'll be it'll be a cool tournament. I mean, not bad you got five days which i'm glad they you know they cut the opens to where it's only like five days of practice instead of get on it and fish your entire year out there you know mm-hmm. um so that'll help it but it's gonna 200 i mean there'll be 200 plus boats in it there always is you know all the opens i guess they're just stacked out the gills now uh so that'll be a it'll be interesting i'm kind of i'd really like to win it because it would just make the classic a lot easier for the rest of the year for me uh but takes pressure off that would uh yeah for sure but it's weird you know you fish a home body of water and think yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna drill their heads i got them now and then you get beat by somebody doing off the wall stuff that would never ever do you know a local guy wouldn't so i'm kind of kind of worried about that because i've i've got so many spots you know here that it's you know Mm -hmm. that's bad and good when you know too much you as you follow you can you can run a long ways you know, it's what a hundred and something thousand, and so you can do some traveling, and when you should have been fishing. So I'm gonna, I haven't got to spend much time over there either in the last couple of years. So that's kind of scary for me, anyway. Yeah, it always seems like for anglers when they, especially when like bass tries to focus, I'm like, this is the guy's home lake. This is his derb. Either he wins it, yeah. or he tanks it completely. There's no middle ground. It doesn't 100%. ever seem that way. No. <laughs> And that's, that's where if I, if to me, a top 15 would be considered a win for me on that lake, just because, um, but it's, we're going to be hitting that lake a little bit late in the year, really. I mean, June's still a good month, but the middle of June, it could be, 
105 and not fun, you know, but it could, if we'd have been there two or three weeks prior, it would have been thrashed. Like we would, everybody, I mean, not everybody, I mean, but majority of the field would have over 12 or 13 pounds and, you know, and it'll take, it'll take 17 a day to win probably just because, you know, someone's going to catch 22 to 25 one day and then back it up with, you know, 14 or 15, five, then catch eight or 10 pounds. You know, it's just depends what happens. I've never caught them two days in one spot off of that lake. So maybe I just suck too, though. That could be the problem. I, I don't think that's it. I, I don't, don't think, think that's it. it. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Sure. So that lake can put out some big bags then, huh? Yeah. I mean, a lot of, which I've never fished a two day deal except in the fall. Um, the biggest, I mean, I've caught some, we fished a deal last year. Uh, me and my dad did first place. It took 27, but then it dropped to like 20, 21. I mean, they, they just, they hit the mother load. I mean, I've, I've won some tournaments there with 24, 25. And, and then sometimes it's, you know, 15, 16 pounds, but the lake, it, it's, it's a good lake. You know, it's, if we get some rain and that thing floods, that's what I'm preparing. That's what I want to happen. I want it to be like six or seven foot high. Uh, that's whenever the, when I normally do really well there. So that's my, that's my plan. So I've been praying for rain. It's the only thing it's like five foot low right now. So I'm going to need 10 foot of water to get that thing to do any. So but you'll be, uh, you'll be doing your rain dance the week leading up is what you're saying. You guarantee I'm going to have Christy. I'm going to have him out there like prancing around doing some stuff out there. No doubt. Cause I need some water. Get, on, get that Creek nation out over here. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Oh my god! Oh, it's so good, dude. What, so, with obviously with having the hardware store and having the ranch, and also on top of like people think off season for you guys. You know, we we talk about it with a few folks down here, but how the off season could be low key, but it's really not low key for you guys. How do you how do you go about balancing getting boat ready, get sponsors ready, and all that jazz up? in between working your your jobs when you're home. You know, it, it is tough. I mean, it can be. Uh, the biggest thing is not getting overwhelmed with it, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I'm the last month I've spent in, which I got my boat pretty early this year. I mean, I got it in like November, December. Um, and then I've got to, I actually got Thanksgiving week is when I got it because then I went to Seminole and, um, Knoxville to break it in, which is probably not the best place to break your boat in, but, uh, that's what I did. And so I was able to kind of work on my tackle, get all my stuff. Um, and this last, about the last three weeks, though, I've really, there's a lot of nights that I'm sitting down there in a boat barn at eight, nine, 10 o'clock, still messing with tackle, trying to get it all figured out. Cause we, I still work five and a half days a week at the hardware store. So, you know, Saturday and Sunday, I've got other stuff I got to be getting done because it's daylight to dark here i go to go to work when it's dark and i get off of work here at 5 30 or 6 so it's still dark then you know um, but just you you kind of it's 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 different like you kind of got to make your mind up like well i can't go do that tonight or i can't do this or that i've got to prioritize what i'm what i'm going to my end goal you know and that's to get you know get ready for the elites and but it does kind of 
every now and then it does it gets to you because you want to go out and do something with your buddies because you know you're gone six or seven months through all the time when you would be having fun you know or doing stuff with them during the summer and i'm gone so it's uh you definitely have to prioritize your time and what you got to do yeah it's I mean, just seeing what some guys do schedule-wise, though, like off-season when they don't have another side gig, and then you add on top of having two side gigs, well, I think really <laughs> five and a half days, that's a full-time gig. Like, I don't know how you balance that, man. I give you, give you props. but How you get used to it. When you've done it your whole life, you don't know any difference. So if I, like, you know, if it's, like, miserable, like sometimes it, it snowed here the other day, which is – and it was gone the next day, but uh, – <laughs> get a day off and that day off whenever you're sitting at the house you're like all right this is awkward i mean i can't i can't sit at the house like it's it's impossible like it's i've got to be doing something and uh heck i'll be up there if it's if i'm sitting at the house at night and it's like 9 30 i'm like well this is awkward so i'll, I'll get the vacuum out start vacuuming doing stupid stuff you know what i mean that i kind of you don't want to do anyway but hell i just can't sit still i mean it's it's impossible for me the I only mean, time I, I sit still is driving. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that too. You, <laughs> I get that plenty of that probably, time. Let's say you probably, that's probably the only time you actually get to like sit down and somewhat relax for the most part. Um, but I, yeah, totally, then you got someone pull out in front of you. Yeah, of course. Until so someone pulls out in front of you and it screws your whole deal up. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand that though, because I'm the same way in the sense that like my fiance gets pissed all the time because I have to be doing something. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's, just how my brain operates or what, but like even when she can get me to sit on the couch with her and we'll like try to watch a TV show or a movie, I'm sitting there and I'm either like doing something social media wise. I'm editing a clip on my phone. I'm brainstorming future YouTube videos or podcast guests, like trying to think certain things. Uh, it's, it's like, I try, I, I'll sit there and I'll purposely like turn my phone off. I don't make it past 10 minutes before I got to do something like it's, it's, it's bad, bad, but I told you, you know, that's kind of like a bad thing. You know, I mean, I guess you just, your mind stays busy and you wouldn't really know what to do if you didn't. You know, I mean, I think that's and I think that's why that's why we like to fish, you know, because you're always doing something. Conditions are always changing. The fish are dumb because they don't want to bite and you got to figure <laughs> it out, you know. So it's it, it's a thought process all the time and your mind never gets to be at ease. And I think that that's why I like it, I guess, you know, because. Heck, even when I'm sitting in the truck, I can't, like, I'll go through radio stations like they're clockwork. I mean, just, if my song's not playing, I'm going to find another one. Then I wind back up the same radio station on the same song that I didn't want to listen to. <laughs> none of the other ones had it either. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. my issue with music, right? Like, I'll get, like, two minutes for a song. I'm like, yep, I'm over it next song. And they're like, no. <laughs> it's terrible. I get, oh. uh, I, I'm too cheap to go buy the Pandora, like, four ninety nine a month where you have, unlimited skips so it's yeah. like five songs i got i get 20 minutes of music and then it's like well i'm screwed for the rest of the trip now because i'm my skips are out they won't let me do nothing pissed off throw the phone i'm done i'll just stay silent so see what you do what you do then i used i so i used to do the pandora stuff as well you should all you gotta do is find an artist that's very similar than it and you start a new station and you can keep going hmm. See, that's why you guys are good with social media and phones and stuff. I'm not. I still would be looking for that. Hey, I'll, I'll say my phone gets me in trouble, man. Like, 
uh, I get yelled at because like I'll I'll literally be sleeping and for some reason I wake up and an idea pops in my head, but because my brain I have like a memory of a goldfish, I'll like pick up my phone so my light glows because my brightness is always all the way up. So she wakes up and I write I'm writing down my idea in my notes and then she's like, "What the hell are you doing on your phone? It's midnight." Yeah, get in trouble. I'm awake. I'm awake. Oh my god, uh, it's bad yep. sometimes. Like I I've acknowledged that my brain, the way it operates is if I don't do something like to remember it now, five minutes from now, I'm going to forget it. And it's never going to come back to me. So there's times I get up in the middle of the night, run to the office, write something down, do something that way. I don't forget. Otherwise it's gone completely out of memory. I hate it. I'm starting to think he's got issues now. Like there might be an issue with some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to give this guy some medicine. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that bad, but this is borderline it now. Look, we all have our own qualms. All right. Like we all have qualms. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) I'm surprised it took you this long to realize it. (laughs) Oh, geez. That's funny. Oh, dude! So what uh, all are you just you're doing the kayak series, Bailey? Yeah, I'm doing. Is that like you're just doing straight kayak again? Yep, yep. I'm still too cheap for a boat, but uh, yeah, I'm doing the, the Hobie series. Well, hell, the kayaks cost as much. Well, the kayaks cost as much as boats do now. Huh. Yeah, my kayak this year will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say that. That's for dang sure. But, uh, dude, so I wanted to I wanted to bring up last season because, you know, beyond two tournaments, you know, uh, Pickwick and uh, Harris Chain, you didn't have an event worse than 40. So, obviously, another classic. But, like, if, if those two tournaments had, like, one different day or one or two different bites, I mean, you probably would have been damn near top 10 in AOI, which you, you had some good streaks with Santee Cooper and, uh, what's, and I mean, the classic – I thought you had a shot to win that thing on the last day. If uh, if I could keep fish on, things could be a lot different. We all lose them, so, I mean, that's that was it. I lost three fish in that classic that cost me probably anywhere from seven to ten pounds. Holy. And at Hartwell, that's – that's it was uh, very, very, very hurt. I mean, it – and, you know, I mean, I had I – had like I said, I had an outstanding classic. I'm not – my my goal at the beginning of the year was a super six of the classic, and I come in sixth. So I, I mean, I couldn't be mad about it, and I was pumped up for Jason. I really was. Like I was, I was stoked for Jason because I know I know him, and hell, I, he's been heck one of my idol guys. Like that's kind of how I watched growing growing up fishing. So it was cool to see that. But yeah, Pickwick, I was really frustrated after that one. I spent two and a half days out there with everybody on the ledges and I think I caught five fish and I said what the heck am I doing like you're dumb like this is not you it's not what you do and I I mean and I was idling over the same exact stuff where they caught them but I can't I'm not I'm still not that guy I can't pull up if you're fishing on a hump or a point out there in the river channel I can't pull up but hey you mind if I get in there with you I'm not my mind doesn't work like that I can't do that um, but I made the run down there where Cox was fishing. I'd been down there and that's where I, I got a good boat draw. I found some, I found some hydrilla or I guess it was, I, it was grass and I caught like three or four, four pounders out of it in practice. And I was only down there for like two hours 
And then I ran back out to the ledges like dummy and uh, went down there and the fish in that grass, they, that mayfly hatched happened. And I got to watch cocks up on the bank, like 75 yards from me, rational, like in three inches of water. You know, it was like my fish just left and went up there. But, you know, I lost a couple of fish in that one that, that I could have got a, I could have made the cut. You know, I, I don't know if I could have done any better than that, but that was it. Um, Harris chain. I was actually on a really good flipping bite and I caught the fire out of them. And I'll be dang if the wind didn't decide to turn around and blow right into where I was fishing. And I was, when you're fishing six inches of water, they don't jive with that. Mm. And, uh, I lost a uh, one about eight or nine pounds on day two with like five minutes to go. Um, and I caught a keeper and I caught like two or three keepers. I was like scrounging to catch a limit. And I caught a limit, which was, you know, you're like seven pounds or whatever it was. It's like, that's depressing. But that's, if I would have stayed down where I was at and I wouldn't have caught any of those fish and I would have had zero, I go from what 70, whatever I finished to 90th. And that's the difference of not making a classic or a possibility of something happened bad. So I kind of, averted disaster in a way from that so i come away i was pissed off because i had the fish on to at least make the cut so that had been all cuts made and then you're looking at another 40 to 60 points that's a long ways up in the standings you know that's more money in my pocket at the end of the year and so i i was it was it was a good year but i'm still not my execution sucks <laughs> i mean it's if I could, if I could just eliminate 50% of bites, you know, as far as losing fish, I would, it would help me a lot. And I don't know if it's, you know, and I, I've changed up some things and I've done a little bit of fishing this off season, not a lot, um, to kind of change up a few things and try. So we're going to see how it goes, but I don't really want to change too much because hell, if I can get a top 30 in points every year, I'm not mad about it. Like obviously you want to get in the top 10 and be in points. You want to be in the top 15 or five or whatever. But the end goal, after you have one screw up in a tournament, after that, unless you win one to X out that bad finish, your angle of the year is almost out the door because there's four or five guys that are going to be unbelievably consistent throughout the year. So then you're just like, I've got to be top 39, you know, to make the classic. That's the that's the main goal because you got to be. I mean, out of everything I've ever done, getting in the show is you can't win it if you're not there. And I don't ever want to miss one, you know, because that's a ain't nothing better than they wheel you through in that boat and the freaking people are going nuts and the lights are going everywhere and Mercer's being crazy as normal. It's that's a like probably the best one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life. And getting to see my family because. I don't see my family up till the classic, you know, when I leave here next week, I don't see anybody I know, you know, family wise till end of March now. So it's, it's good to be able to see. It kind of gives you a little kind of, it's nice, <laughs> you know, to see people you love and trust and everything like that. Cause all fishermen are liars. So we all know that, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's good to see your family. And, you know, especially on that stage, man, that freaking classics and nuts. You're backstage. You get to see all the emotion and see everything and how guys are. It's, it's the deal. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I think. Uh, you know, in the past two years working in the industry and being very fortunate, the job I have that I think that's 
I, I've definitely taken some things for granted, you know, especially growing up. Like, you know, a bunch of you guys have been my idols. Now I get the opportunity, you know, I can text you. Like, that, you tell me that as a 12-year-old, I probably wouldn't believe you. But, like, one thing I don't take for granted is, like, being the behind the scenes with, like, seeing you guys in the boatyard, like, like coming up and you're staging to get up there. And just kind of sitting back and like watching how like this it's a the passion. You know, you could tell the guys that obviously had a bad day. You could tell the guys that are won't stop tapping their feet because they're nervous beyond belief because they're about to go way in and they know they got something good. Like it, it's super cool to watch that. But also it's kind of super annoying because then there's people that don't acknowledge that and they want to bug you guys. And I'm sitting there, like, I want to say something to him. Like, hey, leave these dudes alone. Like, this is the biggest thing <laughs> in their life right now. Like, that's wild. But no, that dude's super cool. It's it's awesome watching passion on display. That's something I'll, I'll never take for granted. And that's, and that's as a bystander. I can't imagine for, like, some of yourself that's in the damn thing. Uh, it's it's nuts. I mean, and like, you know, it, whenever we pulled up at, um, at Hartwell last year, it was kind of cool. You got... You know, they have a lot of kids from the Bass Nation or schools and stuff around there, and they're wiping the boat down and stuff and running around taking pictures. And, you know, I enjoy that as probably much as I do any of it, though. You know, seeing family all is awesome. I love going into that deal. But those kids and stuff, they get more pumped up about pulling fish out of live well than I do, I think. Like, it's – I did one when I had the when I had the big stringer at Santee. Uh, there were some kids, and they had – and Polnick, I pulled up beside him. And – uh they were trying to watch from the bank. I said, Hey, hop in the boat. And they're like, what? I said, get in the boat. Come here, watch you pull those fish out. And uh, they're like, are you sure? I'm like, get on up in here. You know, it's no big deal. Come on. And they got in the boat and it was like, it was, it was awesome. Like watching their expressions and everything and seeing that, like, dude, that's, that's what it's about. Like hundred percent. And then, Paulinick had like 27 pounds and I had 33, so it made me feel good about myself a little yeah, bit. I was after say, that was bag, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm pulling them out and these kids are like, I was like, here's the little ones, and they were like, do what? And they were like sixes. <laughs> and so and I pulled that nine out. It was it was nuts. These kids are like their eyes were this big around. It was it was it was comical and it, it was cool. Like, I mean, they waited around after the tournament and I talked to their parents and stuff for probably an hour and a half after it. I mean that that's what makes it. I mean, I, that I never thought that I would be that guy that could, I don't know, talk to kids about that stuff, but dude, it was awesome. That's, that's the stuff that I'm remembering even more than, I don't know. I've watched me catch that nine pounder probably 700 times. Uh, I, I got to save them. I think I, I've watched it once or twice, but like that, <laughs> that was probably the best part of the whole deal for me is seeing them, you know, and watching them and our kids around the campground coming up and talking it's a lot of fun. Like I, the interaction that I've got to do with people and be around kids and adults. Okay. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if they're two years old or 102. I mean, it's, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? Cause they're, they're talking, they enjoy fishing. They just, they just want to talk about stuff. I enjoy that. Yeah. They were, they were you when back when you were 12 and 13 years old. 100%. That, that was it. You know, you, well, indeed, I never got to go down the tournament. So I think the part that I was working. probably such a massive impact on that kid too that's what they're going to remember hooked. moving forward absolutely hooked i hope so i mean like i've always said if i can if i can talk to a couple kids and 
it changes their career path or you know not even in fishing I, I don't care if it's fishing if they want to go be an electrician or a plumber or whatever if that's what they they just needed something just a little bit of that guidance to say hey that's go do it you know i mean i'm fishing I mean, I'm one of 104 guys out of the nation right now that's getting to do it. I mean, I, would I ex ever expect it? No, I never did growing up. And to be here and to do it, I mean, it's just a complete blessing is all it is to me. I mean, that, that's bar none of what it is. This is a platform that God gave me to, to, you know, maybe give a little insight to somebody else to maybe change their, maybe, you know, it might not be much, but it might just be enough to give them on that right career path to go do something that they want to do. And, you know, maybe they help somebody. So, Maybe uh, they can uh, reap what they sowed, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's honestly one of the coolest things I think is about the sport is like these these kids look at you guys like they probably still look at like NBA and NFL players and that sort of thing. They think you're on like the same stature, which if you look at like the top of the sport, obviously from a like a pyramid standpoint, you guys are. But the cool thing about the sport is it's you guys are way more accessible than say a pro athlete would be. You know, they can actually oh, yeah. talk to you guys. Like, they can come up to you at a classic. They can come up to you at a random event, and, you know, and be – and what's cool, what's even cool about that is, like, all, most of you guys, they're willing to stick around for hours and, and chat with them. So it's pretty unique. Yeah. That's, and, uh, well, I just wish we were making as much money as those NBA and NFL right. players were. Yeah. one cap, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We were. How many more people? But, you know, I mean – As well. Like – What's more that, money brings more people. I said more money brings more people. So, and it's already a tough sport to get into. Like, I, I don't know how that balance would work, honestly. It'd be tough. I mean, I said it's, I think if it's, if we had the numbers show up like at every tournament, like they do at the classic, you know, I think you could, pro you could probably see it, but I, yeah. I mean, you know, some guys are killing it, no doubt, but you know, other there's a there's a small percentage you know that are out just killing it in the fishing world you know making money wise you know then there's the rest of us you know but i mean i've got some great sponsors and they do awesome for me and her 100 percent, i wouldn't trade any of them that i have um but as far as you know how it goes they're supporting us you know and we're supporting them 100 percent. but that that type of money that these you know nfl teams bring in and stuff but they also have how many ball games throughout a year? You know, if you just, you know, well, they got 15 or whatever for each NFL team. So then you get, hey, we got 10 tournaments a year, you know. Yeah. But, you know, they're starting to give us the coverage on Fox and, you know, and that's that's really helping us grow. You know, it's getting these, I think it's getting a few kids like, holy heck, that's something that I might want to do. You know, if, you know, they're like me, I couldn't jump high enough and I couldn't throw hard enough. To, to make it to that level. So they say, hey, we got a chance to do something professional. Yeah. Yeah, you, but you can cast, so if you're good enough. <laughs> yeah. It's, Barely, uh, I mean, kind of something. Kind of. <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> it's going to be interesting, man. I, I, I'm very intrigued to see where television and streaming is going to be in the next even five years, especially with this whole – YouTube taking over Sunday ticket now for next year for NFL. I, it's going to be pretty interesting yeah. to see where TV goes, man. It's going to be intriguing. Oh, yeah. well, look how much has changed in the last five years. I mean, it's gotten nuts. I mean, it used to be we get up on Saturday mornings and watch Bassmaster. Now you watch it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and you watch the whole day. You know, mm -hmm. it's happening right then and there. And it's 
so it's it's definitely it's made it cool you know what i mean i mean it's allowed guys to learn stuff a lot faster um they also learn spots a lot faster now but yeah but you know yeah, that's we, just part we, of it i mean we talked about that on uh uh this past week's episode on on tuesday night live of the uh when when you do the reruns, because now Bass has like the full six six and a half hours of Bass Live on YouTube, and when they do the expansion, they show the lake with all your guys' blown up heads at the location. You're like, oh, that's where he caught him. Okay, I'm gonna go there when I go yeah. to that lake, and now everybody knows about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah like, and there is one you know, takeaway like, take from that though, that there are bass all over the place, and they're in more places than we ever thought they were. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, just like the live scope and all the front, forward, facing, whatever you want to call it. You know, now we're figuring out fish are doing exact opposite of what we always believed they did. You know, some fish do what they're supposed to, but then there's also these ones like me that are just kind of out there just hanging out, you know, don't know what they want to do in life. So it's very interesting. Just building fences under the water. Yeah, yeah, they're just out there, yeah. They're, cut, they're cutting grass, doing stuff like that. <laughs> pondering life what is a fish yeah, yeah. <laughs> what am i <laughs> what am i <laughs> oh, dude, so, dude, this next year this schedule that? next year though this schedule next year it's going to set up good for a uh, shallow water guys you yeah know, everywhere we're going the shallow. When, uh, <laughs> mercer put out his episode with jason christie and they were like saying how there's like legitimately four to five locations that has a good chance to put out a hundred pound bank oh oh yeah oh. yeah Nuts. uh don't you know with uh and this cold snap we got a pretty big cold snap coming what next week i think um so that's going to make those florida fish if we actually we're going to hit it about right because by the time it gets there the front's going to be moved out, hopefully, and if it warms back up, then they could have a massive wave of spawners come in at, on Okeechobee, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, Seminole, I think the colder it is, probably the better. You know, it kind of keeps them grouped up, I guess. I've never, I've just went over and looked at it, but I'm sure it keeps them grouped up um, a little better, so they shouldn't be spawning yet. I mean, unless it just automatically gets 105 for a week. Um and then, really, hell, Santee's going to be good. You know, it's always is. It's got them. Murray's going to be a spawning deal, I think. So that'll be another shallow water tournament. Um, you know, even when we go up north, though, you can catch them shallow up there all the time. So it's not just a necessarily you got to catch them out of thirty foot. So it'll be a you'd love to see an angle of year come out that's a that's a dirt or a, you know bank beater this next year, which I hope yeah, that's me. Especially, <laughs> especially with the Champlain, like if they can. If whomever it is can last the St. Lawrence River, mm-hmm. I think you can definitely see it being that it's a Champlain event now this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, even uh, this, it's, it's, they're not going to be super, it's not deep anyway, but it'd just be one of them deals where them fish get out there and get grouped up, and when you find the mother load, it's over, you know. Mm-hmm. You don't have to fish deep, you know, that's which is fine with me. We can keep it under 10 foot of water. I will feel so much better this year. <laughs> well dude so one of, one of the questions i wanted to ask you uh you know we were talking about how well you did last year um you know beyond just fixing like the two events you, you mentioned it's a decision uh, a decision making an execution deal you know 
you mentioned, but I made the classic, so I'm not going to change much. But are you going to think about any sort of adjustment going into the, this next season, or are you just going to keep letting it rock and hopefully those fish you, you lost end up in the boat this year? Yeah, that I want to do a little bit of hoping, but you know, I was at let's one big change I made at St. Lawrence River last year. I know it's I, I had a good tournament there. I'm not mad. I made I don't know where I ended up there, but it was not bad for me. Thirty uh, first. I lost. I lost a stupid amount of fish up there. Like I, I was throwing a drop shot a lot, and I was losing fish, losing like hookup, and then play them and then just lose like lose and lose and i'm i'm like i'm wanting to break my stuff and i'm I'm pretty chilled out most of the time but i was really wanting to do some i'm not going to snap a rod but i was wanting to throw stuff you know (laughs) and uh i changed hook sizes on day three oh oh he completely dropped out i don't know if his phone died he's gone and luke has left the building (laughs) Uh, uh, hopefully he'll be back but uh yeah, sure I don't know if there's anyone who. Oh, he's back. Luke, like oh, no, he, he back out. no, no, he's gone. When I think of Luke, I think of like ultimate consistency. Like you don't get like the ultimate highs, and you don't get like too many lows of lows. He's just always kind of there. And it's like, oh, where did Luke finish? Thirty first. Oh, surprise, he's in the cut. How'd Luke do this tournament? Twenty fifth. Like, oh yeah, he's in the cut. It doesn't matter where he fishes. It almost seems like he's always like there. Lock, lock for, is a lock for top fifty for sure. Yeah. Uh, so Bailey, that means you're going to take Luke in every tournament this upcoming year, right? <laughs> uh, I think with my streak, uh, if I stick to one person like I did this past year, uh, they end up doing bad. And yeah, yeah. well, he, so I can is see it... him. He keeps trying to enter, and he says there's an issue. Mm. Hold on. Only one second. We'll see. If, oh, oh, do oh, we have him? Oh, we got a white screen. There he is. Is he back? What happened? Like he just went nuts on me. Just kicked I off. Phone didn't die. Technology, I mean, Luke. It's technology. technology. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. But, I, I no, I'm saying I. Oh, we back on now. I'm good. Yep. Yeah. What a rip. I'm good. Now I was like, all I did was change my hook size. Something that simple. Cost me 10 or 15, 20 spots, possibly. You know. Oh my God. <laughs> Whatever. Good. I don't know what the heck is going on here. We just dropped out again. Oh. Hold on. Let me see. Technology. Oh, and he's back. <laughs> I think Welcome you're probably yelling at you, bro. Oh. <laughs> you guys are watching I, on YouTube. There, uh, there's something about like, the recording for these Friday shows, right? Like we had, I feel like recently we had like a similar issue with somebody's Wi-Fi. Who was it? Was it was it Hayden who had Wi-Fi issues? Yeah, it was Hayden. Yeah, and he kept like dropping out and all kinds of crazy stuff going on. It, I mean, we do what we can, but technology seems to bite us in the butt sometimes. All right, I think we got him again. Cool. It's Third okay. time's a charm. Let's, let's see. Let's see how long this lasts. We'll try. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you we know, if I said, edit that out. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I think it adds to the fun. I get to make fun of you a little bit. <laughs> that that works because I'm surprised. Like I can't even do this stuff at my house because I don't have good service. 
that's how terrible it is. Like my Wi-Fi is ridiculous, even at there. So, but I come. That's why I come to the store, and it still sucks. But <laughs> we'll do. We'll live with it. It's all good. We, you we, know what I'm saying? Yeah. If I can, if I can eliminate that, you know, I mean, it seems like a that would be an easy fix. And but when you're not thinking about that stuff, you know, you're fine. In practice, of course, they're choking it down to their gills where you can't lose a fish. And then all of a sudden, it's, they're just not eating it good or something. But just having to allow allow that stuff to happen. It says I'm wanting a storage to my iPhone. I don't know. It says what? I don't know my phone. He's got too many big is. fish pictures on his camera. Yeah, I wish. So he's running out of storage <laughs> He's got that yeah. nine-pounder video saved 34,000 times. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, I watch the whole thing on live, like, just video it off my phone on the computer just so I can see it every day. I wake up. That's what I do. I wake up every morning and watch that. That's my morning ritual. It kind of gets me going. The hook set is the alarm. I did. Like, after after that tournament, I woke up. I woke myself up several times setting the hook at my sleep, like, and wake up, like, what the hell is going on? It was because I'd set the hook in my sleep. That's how bad it was for a while. Love it. I've definitely done that. I wish that was fun. And punched myself in the face in the process. <laughs> it's definitely that, that's like that is an awkward motion to be able to punch yourself in the face. Like, dude, how? I mean, think about it. Like, oh yeah, left hand just back. actually. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, that awesome. was actually that was a fiance. He thought he was asleep, and that was a fiance <laughs> just like giving the old one two over there. Just, oh, I don't know what happened. You must have hit yourself when you sleep. She said, "Son, get off that phone." <laughs> I guarantee you. John. Uh, that's good. That's good. Oh man. So Luke, we're gonna let you go here in a second. Um one again, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to uh to join us. And uh appreciate you going through some uh some connection troubles. But uh one event you're looking the most forward to this year, and one event you're looking the least forward to this year. Uh, I'm not looking forward to Sabine just because it's such a vast place and you can't, you make the wrong run or you make something and it doesn't work out. You're in trouble. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to the tournaments up North. You know, I, I don't know why I want to freaking win one up North in a bat. I want to win one in smallmouth country more than I do in the South. I want to win one anywhere, but like, like win up there to me would be like, all right, you up in life. You know, I mean, I finally done, you know, which Edwin won up there. Christie's won up north. So it's just a matter of me not choking. That's what I told my buddy on the phone earlier. I said, if I just wouldn't choke all the time, it'd be better. He's like, yeah, but one of these times you're not going to choke and you're going to win one. I said, well, I hope that happens because I'm tired of the not winning. I'm tired of getting close and it not happening. You know, like I want it. I want it to go down in a bad way. To I think that boosts my confidence. I might walk a little pep in my step if I won one of those deals. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think a southerner winning up north in smallmouth country is more impressive than a northerner winning down south. I could see that. Because I think the northerners might spend as much time in the south as they do up north because they can't fish up there, so they come down here and spend all winter. Yeah, they're Still doing better. what I'm doing, going down to Florida for a whole dang month next month. <laughs> yeah, we got we to gotta get together. Since I'm going to be leaving about the same time, we need to go fish like the headwaters or something and just go thrash them. Dude, I'm gonna be going there for a weekend, anyways. You let me know when. I'll meet you. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm wanting to just go set the hook. I mean, I've, 
I've been looking at the ponds almost froze over here, and I'm I'm hurting like I've got to go. <laughs> it's been too long for me. Oh, so, I'm ready. Pick, pick up a punch weight and start punching through the ice is what you're about to be doing. That's I've I've like been out there flipping at my tire in my like I had I got some I got my new Falcons the other day and I got some eight footers because I mean I got to have some punching stuff and I was outside with like an ounce and a half weight punching flipping at my tires on my trucks just like oh that feels so good like just wanting just wanting to really just one of my ball hits and just have someone drive around just bow up on it just to feel that myself <laughs> but that, that's the goal I'm uh, I'm ready to go stick them oh yeah. Put some braid I'm on ready, your cattle. I'm ready to get the year going. <laughs> Put some braid <laughs> just on go, the cattle. Hold just on. go throw it at them. Set the hook. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, it'd be fun. We could do that. We can do that. Uh, so, it'll be good. I'm ready to get going. Good. I'm ready to get season started. Heck yeah! I guarantee you, I can whack with that falcon rod. It'd be game on. <laughs> Drag them around a little bit. That's right. Well, buddy, I appreciate now, the time. And uh, I'll get in touch with you. I'll let you know when I'm headed down that way, and uh, we'll see if we can make something happen. Okay. Safe travels. Sounds like a plan. That way, get up there on, on top of a deck to fish instead of sitting down on your butt all day fishing. So <laughs> you have to learn now. That's right. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Guys, well, I appreciate it. We'll be talking to you. All right, man. Take care. All right. See y'all. Always good getting Mr. Luke on the show. Yeah. He's, Always good. He's a fun one. He is uh, one of my favorite people to uh, go out in the boatyard, the classic, hang around. Although it's like, it's fun to go chit chat, but that's like, oh man, I'm definitely distracting this guy right now. I feel guilty. I'm going to let him rig his tackle. But uh, it's it's cool. I, I really hope, I know some things might get in the way and we're leaning towards you not being at the classic, Andy, but uh, I hope whether this year or next year, you get to come to the classic and go to media day because media day can actually be pretty fun. Yeah, I actually kind of stomped around it last year at Hartwell with schnuppers and we kind of like walked around and talked to some people, but we weren't there for the full thing. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping I can go, but I have a feeling the purchase yeah. of the house is kind of going to get in the way. I'm going to be moving, mm-hmm. so it's going to be, we'll see. We'll never know. We're not going to turn over that stone until we get about probably two weeks out, I think. So it might be a last minute deal, but I'm gonna try to get there. Well, regardless, you'll be at Red Crest and uh, Red Crest yeah. will be fun. So people are gonna be at that yep. one. Colorado's will be at the X2 booth and uh doing some podcasts, uh actually like by the launch, which will be pretty cool. Yeah, I can't um, wait for that. That'll be a lot of fun. It is gonna be fun. Um, big shout out to uh MLF for hooking that up for us. Um mm-hmm. so it's gonna be fun. We'll bring more information as that becomes closer. What are you doing over there? I was moving something off my mind. Sorry. <laughs> it was like it was I was like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Just like still... a <laughs> so we're going to switch gears here. Uh, as we mentioned in the introduction, we have uh, another guest for today's show. Um, become Fastly become one of my favorite people in the kayak realm of things. Um, haven't, I think we met literally one time. I think it was at the Classic. He's, a, he's down in the queue, Mr. Steve Owens. Uh, but I'm looking forward to spending more time with this guy. He, again, as we mentioned the introduction took over as tournament director for Bassmaster kayak series. And uh, I'm excited to see what is coming for the trail in his hands. Cause I think uh, it's going to be a lot of good, good things moving forward. But I think without further ado, Andy, let's get him on here. Sure. Mr. Steve Owens. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you guys doing, man? I'm doing good. Good. 
Are you doing? Awesome. You got a you got a Packers shirt on. I don't know if you are doing good. <laughs> Man, I, I'm just used to suffering. I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> Do it. You think he's leaving? You think he's leaving? It looks like he's going to the Jets. Nah, I don't think so, man. I don't know. I don't know. I think I, I kind of. I really think he'll retire mind. before he leaves. Honestly, like because they you. trade him, right? It's a huge cap hit for the Packers, and I don't know if they'll do that. Yeah, and then, I, but I kind of, I don't, I don't want to sound, you know, like one of those people that's like, oh, I can't stand Derek Jeter. We need to get rid of him, and I'm a Yankees fan. But like, I think whatever it was he drank or that hallucinogen thing, I think it took his it away from him or something oh, during the off season, you know, I think, I don't know because I was reading about what that does and it takes whatever vice you have inside of you and kind of helps you get rid of it. Well, I think part of his vice was always having to prove himself, you know, because he never felt worthy, even though he's an MVP, you could just tell he was never comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe, maybe now he's a little too calm and at peace. It's sad to say like that, you know, like a musician when they, when they stop struggling, their music kind of goes downhill. You know, yeah, but. I think he just lost to Vante, and that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. they're talking about him going to Oakland, and I was starting to think about that for a second. I'm like, if he goes to Oakland, he's got Devante, he's got a good tight end, he's got a good defensive line, he's got Josh Jacobs. I'm like, Oakland gets scary with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yep, yeah, Josh they probably get scary with him. you. Think what? so? I don't think, yeah, Jacob. I don't think he leaves. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting, but we're not here to talk football as much as we could talk football for hours. <laughs> yeah. uh, we I feel like we get caught on that a lot. We should have just like a random football podcast and just talk about it because we get stuck on it yeah. so much. No well, kidding. Fantasy football is another uh, avenue to go down to. I love it. So yeah. yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. Don't even get me started. But it's it's fantasy fishing fo- uh, season now is what it is. Yeah. I've never done that. I'm gonna do it this year. Never done it. No, no, just never had the time. So, I know there's uh, Drew talks about it all the time the the fantasy fishing for kayak stuff. I haven't done that yet, yeah. but I'm I'm determined to try it this year. Yeah, I did it the first year he came out, and then I just like everything else, I forgot to keep up with it. And yeah, because I I love baseball, and I've done a baseball league two years in a row, and that's awful. You're so much forgetting to set your lineup, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, last-minute scratches, so yeah. I hear that. I try to do – I used to do hockey a bunch as a kid back when it was, like, fresh and new, and I tried doing hockey two years ago. And I was, like, by, like, game 20 of the season, I'm like, yeah, I already, I'm already tapped out. I'm good. Yeah. I'll take – I'll do yeah. football and fishing, and then I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. yeah. But dude, let's – uh before we start getting into Bassmaster Kayak stuff, you are new to the show. It's the first time being on here. And so everyone that is new – we like to ask them, you know, how you got your start in fishing from the beginning. Who started the lifelong addiction? You know, what's the story? Uh, I grew up on Lake Nickajack, like literally could throw a baseball and splash in the water where we grew up. And my aunt and uncle owned a bait and tackle store. And my dad was like, you know, their, their son they never had. And so we were always there, didn't live far from them. And uh, we grew up, you know, crappie fishing on Nickajack. Uh, with my dad, my grandfather, and my uncles, my aunts, my whole family fish, aunts, grandmother, you know. Uh, so they're, they're the ones that got it started. You know, like I would literally in the summertime, you know, about every other Friday, my dad come get me out half day early and, you know, we'd fish until Monday. You know, we used to, 
you know, take a, take a truck and put mattresses and tents in the bed and all that stuff and go sleep in a field somewhere close to home and just, you know, yeah. Hmm. Always been around it. Good old Didn't bass fish for my whole life until, uh, Seriously? yeah, no, 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 not ever. You know, me and Lambert, you know, we, Ryan Lambert, we've been friends for way before we started kayak fishing and, he had a little duck boat we'd put around in, you know, and just mess around. And, and, you know, then he had his little girl was getting to where she could walk and, you know, he could tag her, carry her around and do a lot more with her. Um, and so he, he sold that duck boat and he said, man, have you seen these kayaks? And he sent me a picture and it was a, it was a native FX, the tandem, mm-hmm. cause he needed something for McKenzie to get into. So he ended up buying a new one from hook one in Nashville or Hendersonville at the time. And the one he was going to buy, I got off work early one day, and so did he. We ran to a shop. I bought a Yakima rack. I had a, a Lexus ES300, you know, sits about right here. Mm-hmm. And, and so we put that we, – we drove all the way to Asheville, North Carolina. It was about five and a half hours from here. Uh, met the guy, put the rack on the car, tied the kayak to the roof with anchor rope, <laughs> and got to my driveway. And when we stopped, the kayak slid on the front of the hood of the car. That's how bad we were. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I fished around here. I, I live on Lake Chickamauga now. When I got married, we moved up here and I was fishing from the bank. And so I got that kayak and just started putting it in the water around here and crappie fishing. And we just got into the the, the bass fishing kayak side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the rest is kind of like, I guess, history, I guess, you know. Yeah. I think Nickajack is probably one of the most overlooked lakes in the country. Oh man, there people gripe about it and some of the kayakers gripe about it, but I mean it's 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 good. I love fishing. I do. The only problem with Nickajack is that it's the ramps, the launches are so spaced out. You you literally have a lot and there's not enough cuts to get out of the main channel like a lot of lakes have. So, you know, you can fish on top of each other pretty good. And there's long stretches of it that are not good. So like, you know, everybody loves fishing below dams. And then when you get about a third of the way down, there's a long, long, long stretch that, hell, you probably could catch a bluegill there, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but then, yeah. So a lot of our grassroots club, you know, we got, we have a TVKA, our grassroots club here. When we would fish, we would typically do from like Sullivan's down to the dam. And that kept us all kind of bunched up a little bit. Um, and of course it's only like 20 to 40 people. So it's, it's a lot easier, but yeah, but I, I like, I like Nick and Jack a lot. You can catch some good fish there. Yeah. I've been there in the fall. I've been there in the early spring and I've been there in the summer. And every time I always had time in my life fishing Nick and Jack, always doing something different, whether it was throwing a jerk bait on rip rab, we're catching spotted bass that are like a pound and a half every cast, which they're not big, but it's fun when you're catching a hundred of them. Tail yeah, race, especially crankbait rods. Yeah. Yeah. And then summer punching down in the southern end like that was always fun too so, yeah that place is I, I always was curious why there wasn't bigger tournaments there but yeah we'll, we're going to next year if if we have the success this year on tennessee bass nation that's a, a club daniel davis and i run together um if it's successful again this year like it was last year and we got you know the desire the the people that want us to grow it again uh, we went from five events last year to seven this year. Uh, if we expand it or shuffle some lakes, we're going to put Nick and Jack on it for sure. Heck yeah. Well, dude, let's start talking about the Bassmaster Kayak Series. Obviously, congratulations on 
being selected as tournament director. And I think uh, the whole kayak community is in agreement, agreement that it's in much better hands now. So, uh, you know, kind of they announced the schedule was what, Tuesday, Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. They put it out, on the, saw it on the gram and everything. Um, talk to us about schedule for this year, what things to look forward to, that whole deal. Yeah, man. It was, you know, as a lot of people know, you know, we, I came in very, very late, you know, like after the Pickwick event, when we got everything, my contract and all that stuff kind of settled and drawn. So I didn't have a lot of time at all. I mean, everyone else's schedule was done and it kind of actually helped me, you know, which AJ and I always share what we got going on because we do so much in this area and we want everybody to travel and fish that they can, you know? Um, so uh, I had his schedule, which was great. So it allowed me to know what to dodge. And, and then of course, all the bass boat schedules were out by then. And then so, uh, but I still, I didn't have a lot of time, you know, cause you have to convince, you know, a lot of these chambers and tourism bureaus don't know what we do. So that was the hang up on two lakes. It took a good little while to get them to understand, you know, what we do and interested in what we do. So, uh, but they're all in and they bought in, you know, pretty heavily. I mean, they actually, the last event we had, they literally went out and, and discovered, you know, the kind of insurance that you have to have to do fishing events. And so that'll help us all in the future when we all, you know, make it back around to those areas. Um, but I'm very, very, very happy with the schedule. Uh, had some, you know, angler input, you know, because I, I call around. I, I talked to you a lot, you know, recently, and, and I am enjoying getting to know you too. Appreciate your kind words. But, um, so, yeah, we, you know, asking around, you know, where do you want to fish? What do you think? You know, what do we need to do? And and I need events to get numbers up because, you know, the numbers from last year. So that's, you know, why I was kind of brought in was to hopefully get it turned around. And so I had to hit you know, areas that I felt we could draw a really good number of anglers and it still be a really, really good lake to fish and that, which is very hard to do. Um, and then thankfully the last event ended up being Susquehanna, which helped us service a much needed area up there. We only had five events, you know, because obviously I would like to go further up into the Northeast to service those people that deserve tournaments and try to get more in the Midwest or at least West West. But uh, hopefully if we get our numbers up, we can do that next year. But uh, excited to start out in Gunnersville. Uh, Gunnersville literally hands down. For me, it's Lake Seminole and Gunnersville. That's my two favorite lakes to fish in the whole country. Mm. Um, and, and it's, you know, depending on what my mood is each day is one I'll pick. And, um, you know, the, we're, we're coming out of Scottsboro there. You know, it's, it's, they're kind of new to the kayak, you know, scene. But they've supported us for years with our grassroots and Tennessee Bass Nation down there. Um, and then, we, you know, after that, we go to Hartwell. And Hartwell's becoming a lake that I really, really love, too. I ran the Hobie Bass Open Series College Championship on there that Ewing Minor won. Um, and so, you know, I got to be up there for a little while and fish, fished a couple of days. And, and just, I love it. I love it. It's a gorgeous place. We were catching big spots. You know, I was catching Ned Rig, two, I think my biggest spot is just two and a half pounds. But, you know, still, I mean, you know, 20 foot deep, a spot. It was, it was amazing. Uh, called them on some jerk baits. I love that, you know, uh, but Hartwell's really good. Hartwell is very open doors when it comes to kayak. Queen City fishes there a lot. Yeah. Our Georgia Bass Nation had our biggest event of the year there last year. I run that also. Um, and then actually this year at that event, it'll be um, Queen City is having one of their regional events there. 
and myself and uh, the South Carolina Kayak Bass Nation are having a joint event like we did last year. Um, that event's an invitational or a, a recruiting event for Bass Nation. So you don't have to have your Bass Nation dues to fish it. It's a recruiting event. Um, we had 90 something in it last year, I think. So, so it'll be, you know, the Bassmaster Series will be fishing there and those two tournaments will be running in conjunction with on Saturday. Um, and then, you know, you guys see Possum Kingdom, you know, it was one of those, you know, I, I looked because the first two are ringers for that time of year. You know, March and April, it's hard to find better lakes than that in our area where we could hit it hard and get the numbers for the first, you know, first push of the season, um, especially with the Classic. You know, the championship is in there towards the end of March as well on Lake Chippewa. So, you know, I know it's not ideal to have, you know, so many tournaments pumped into a month because you've got Lake Gunnersville, our season opener. Uh, you've got Hobie Caddo, and then you're going to have the the classic, you know, uh, the the Bass the Bassmaster Kayak Series Championship in conjunction mm -hmm. with the classic. So we got that out of the way, and then April you can hit it really good there, and then people, you know, can take a breath for just a little bit, recuperate some funds, and then travel to Texas. That was my main goal was trying to put as big a break as I could in between. Because like with the Hobie and KBF, you know, you're going to have Seminole, bam. You know, us in March, then Seminole or Santee Cooper and then another event and then Seminole. And then, you know, you get a breather, you can hit Hartwell. And then I forget the other Hobie that's in between there in, in, in May and June. May's Kentucky Lake. So after that, you've got, you know, a couple of weeks to pause and, and get down to Texas, hopefully, and uh, come to Possum Kingdom. They were really excited. You know, I, I was – with Bassmaster for the first year. And then the second year, I wasn't able to do anything, uh, just my schedule. So I had to step away. But everybody knows, you know, what, what Pendergraph and Joe McElroy did, you know, and that, I think that, that single event helped us propel a little bit more into the limelight on the national scene. Uh, I was on a radio show today uh, in Memphis and that was one of the first things they brought up was like, did you see this dude literally was probably back to back 30 pound bags, you know? Oh, bags, um, yeah. yeah, no kidding, man. And they're just, they're blown away by it. Um, so it's good conversation, you know, so we're, we're, we're happy to get back down there. So when I talked to them, this is two years removed from that championship, you know, they were like, man, we've been waiting on y'all to call us back. You know, we, we're ready for y'all to come, you know, we and, and so I talked to the Texas team trail down there uh, to kind of just figure out a time of year, if it's a good move, do I need to go somewhere else? Try to see if they're having a big event because they're a powerhouse uh, circuit. And he he showed me everything else I needed to know. And and he even mentioned it. You know, he said, man, I saw what those guys did. We were excited. We're glad you're all coming back. And then from there, you know, you'll get another good, another good breather, you know, a month apart. And in an area, in a region, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, all those people, you know, where there's really, really big kayak communities up there, and they're very supportive of everything. You know, you got the All American Series that always partners and deconflicts everywhere we can there. And that's one thing about making a schedule, and, and I, I say it all the time. I'm the, probably the most blessed tournament director or angler in the country because I've been able to work with everybody across the country in some some capacity and. They're just great, and you can't get any better than Tyler Cole and Booth up there, you know, in Missouri and Iowa. Um, but yeah, they're great people in Idaho. Um, so Idaho, he's not in Idaho; he's in Iowa. No, but anyway, I, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. so it's way way yeah yeah it's way over there yeah so but uh but anyway you know we're going to lacrosse you know uh, it's uh it's a numbers lake it's a gorgeous lake it's it's a lake you know you can you can fish you know about any style that you want and mm-hmm. and then you know we we're taking a good long pause because i hate fishing in the summer just like everybody else does <laughs> So in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, you've got Angler of the Year races in Hobie and KBF. So do we want to kind of compete with one another for anglers? So in the spirit of deconflicting there, you know, we settled uh, on October because in October, you know, I had about five lakes that are really because it's, it's hard to fish October. It really is in a lot of areas. But um, we've got about four good lakes in the southeast that you can do. I'm learning now in the Midwest, there are several that we need to really look at. Um, and then October up around the, the Michigan-ish areas kind of, I've heard, can get a little dicey. And then, um, you know, Vinny and, and the guys at Native Watercraft did their big bass hour up there last year. And then, so as I'm talking to those anglers in that area, you know, they keep mentioning October. You know, let's check October. And so uh, Russell Johnson and Jake Harshman and a few of those tournament directors up there, you know, they already had things booked. And, and so, you know, I was going to work around it and they, they restructured their stuff so that we could get this event up there. And uh, it, had it not been for all of that, you know, I'm not going to just, you know, touch hog anywhere. You know, I'm not, if you don't invite me in, I'm not coming. And they did. And, and I'm very grateful that they did that because I feel like that event, my backup lake I, it was, is a very, very strong lake that I'm not going to mention because I want to have something spectacular there next year. But this event, you know, and, and, and Ryan and I went back and forth jaw jacking about my, my backup lake and then this lake here. And, and he ended up being correct. I mean, not only does it help us service that area, but it, it's a place where we're going to get numbers uh, and people are going to make memories. You know, I've, I've not ever been able to make it up there to it. So I plan on going up there quite a bit early and I'm going to fish the out of bounds area, you know, cause we will have boundaries for this one. Um, and I can't wait to get up there for it. There, there's a couple different takeaways I have for this one. First one being, I'm really jealous that I can't make possum kingdom because that is probably the one lake that I really on, on top of the list that I really want to go back to since fish the, the first championship that bass had, uh, that lake was so freaking cool in practice until that mud came. And I, a lot of people struggled because of the mud, but obviously some really did not struggle with the mud uh, catching 30-pound bags. But that that one is going to be really cool to keep up with. Um, and then the other one, I love how you described how letting the trails do the AOI race, especially when you were, you were given this position like at the worst time of year to – you know, be the ball. You know that there's a lot of uh, boundaries you had to work around. But I think the coolest thing about seeing Susquehanna on here for Bassmaster is that this is the one location that will be insanely popular, and that no other Bass Nation chapter or division or uh, whether it's opens elites can ever go to. I think that's what's really cool about it's it. It's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's essentially you're making Bassmaster history now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So there we go. Yeah, That's I'll right. put that on the resume for for negotiations. There, there you go. Okay, history. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Bailey and the guy said you need to pay me more. That's right. Yep. And uh, all the Southerners get to go up to Mississippi River and get their pike fixed for the year, and then they're done with them. That's right. 
But yeah, dude, I real. love the schedule. I really do. I'm actually really jealous Appreciate of Lake Hartwell. Uh, that one's gonna be a banger, um, dude. I, 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 you got my brain turning now when you talk about your backup for Susky, because now I'm like really curious what it'll be. But uh, I'm looking forward to this. Obviously, how this is gonna come out, and then I'm looking forward to see what you're gonna be able to do in the coming years. I think it's gonna be pretty awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. You know, we're you know we're working you know to to help integrate as much of the kayak community as we can into sponsorship going forward. Uh, we've got a plan for that, and uh, you know this year the Yamaha Right Waters are back. You know, as our title sponsor, and we've got Motor Guide along us as well. Um, and you know, uh, Dakota Lithium is going to be our Angler of the Year sponsor. Uh, somebody's going to take home five thousand dollars for that title. Um, welcome them on. They do a lot in the kayak community. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, you know, we still have, you know, March the uh, 22nd, 23rd, we've got the, uh, the the championship on Chickamauga. I think we've got um, 145. I just, we just got the roster for the uh, uh, Italy, the Italian Bass Nation are coming. Um, oh, so I think cool. they have five anglers. Yeah, it is very cool. I was pretty excited about that. It just, because uh, I've been talking to the Mexico chapter recently on organizing their Bass Nation um, and, and, and the new the new Bass Nation president this year, replacing John Stewart, is G.L. Compton. He's from the Anderson, South Carolina area. He fished the Clemson team in college. Um, he's slick, man. He's got it. He's a good dude. He's a good man. He's got a lot of integrity, and he's smart. Like, he he gets the things. You don't have to break it down and educate him. You know, he's he's in the room with you, and, and it doesn't take long, and he's reading the exact same thing you are. So he's been great to work with. I've had I've had a lot of fun. I mean, the guys there, you know, Chris Bowe, Hank Weldon, and all them. Uh, I know some of you have met Bowes and, and Weldon on the on the circuits. And, dude, I, I've had fun. This is the most fun I've had in – well, the one year that myself, uh, Chris Walters, Terry Golden, and Ryan Lambert from our own grassroots TBKA club, all four of us qualified for the TOC. And we fished a lot of stuff that year. And it was fun. It was fun. And so I got to travel a lot and stay on the road with a lot of different people. Um, and then, you know, my job, I got I, I, my old job. I leave it February the 9th, by the way. So um, I had 10 days vacation. You know, so thankfully my boss is a fisherman. So, you know, he would let me do whatever I could without getting him in trouble to be off work as much as I can. You know? <laughs> so, awesome. uh, yeah, but I, I, it was crazy. I don't even want to admit in public how many days I missed to go <laughs> there. And plus the walls are thin. I don't want her to hear it either. So, but we, um, yeah, I, I've had a blast. Those people like, I mean, I know the communication hasn't been great in, in the past. Um, and, and there's no excusing it. The, the, but the reason is, is that, there's so much on, you know, like GL, for instance, um, he's in this with me. He runs the team trail. He does something with the college and he does something else. So, I mean, it just literally, um, I felt bad leaving at year two because I felt like I, I failed in a sense. But I mean, it just what time wasn't right for me. Uh, but it is now. And so far, like literally any input that we come up with, you know, they're OK with. They're like, well, that's what you guys think. Uh, we run it through. The reason things are slow is because, you know, they have a legal department because words will trap you. Um, so, you know, we, we put everything has to go through legal and then editing. Um, and so, you know, I have a lot of freedom on posting. You know, they understand, you know, kayaking is a social media sport, you know, by and large. But um, communicating with me going forward with so much going on, you know, you'll see me active on the Facebook page because that's where we all go, you know. 
uh, but the website is where the information hub is. So everybody needs to kind of remember that, you know, I'll, I'll do plenty of updates. I'll do plenty of angler sharing. I've got a whole vision. I want to turn that into for us, but, uh, but the Facebook group is, it's, it's an information page. You know, I don't want to turn it into a big chat room kind of thing. So I do turn commenting off a lot just because if you make a comment or bring up a good point or ask a question, and you 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 lose your Facebook account, or you delete it, or somebody else deletes your, uh, your the thread that you commented. Then I've lost it, mm-hmm. um, or I don't see it because I can't live on Facebook. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get updates on my email constantly. So when you send me an email, I answer your question professionally. Mm-hmm. It's concrete because we've got it. You know, in the digital space, you know, whatever we need to do for it. So I feel like that's something that is kayak anglers because I still am for now one, um, you know, we have to get used to doing that because there's a lot of stuff gets lost like that. And that's yeah. something I learned, you know, quickly from, from Chris Bowes at Bass. He was like, you know, as we were talking about, you know, me potentially coming into this, he was like, Hey, do me a favor and send me that in an email, you know, we'd be texting something. And, and so I asked him all, you know, I asked him a point blank. I said, well, why do you do that? He said, because I'm going to forget it. I'm going to lose it. And, and you need, you know, this way we have it. And so that's, that's something I want to make certain that we get into a practice of there. You know, it's the easiest, most surefire way to take care of it. Make sure we don't miss anything. So. Well, yeah. And like for an angler standpoint, I mean, they go to the page, they're looking for information, say they saw it. Right. And then a couple weeks later, they go back to try to find that information that they had seen posted. And there's like 4,500, you know, comments or threads from other people and it gets lost in the clutter where if you turn that off and it's just you and the, the, the information they need to know, it's direct. It's right there. I think, I think that's from an angler standpoint, like communicating with the trail. I think that's perfect. Yeah, because I think you guys understand that we're we're kind of in this weird. I think we are in that weird transition period where. We may not be turning the the Bassmaster, Hobie, KBF, All American, and them Queen City into a pro series quite yet. I I think we all understand that's a that's a lot of sponsor dollars away for us to be able to do that. But I feel like we're hitting an influx of people who have done this for a few years that are getting way more serious about it. It's obvious the Hobie numbers from last year show that. I, I remember when it first started, AJ, you know, we were having a conversation about some things and I told him, I said, AJ, go look at this event. I can't remember which one it was between he and I, after we were talking, I believe there was like 60 something anglers that we had never heard of fishing those Hobies. And that meant, you know, like somebody like you guys who are well known, you missed an event because these newbies were on fire. They were on top of it. And I'm seeing that now I'm getting emails and messages and texts from people that I, I don't know in the community. So I'll Facebook stalk them just to kind of see who they are. And, and they're not friends with very many people that we all three know. And I'm like, this is great. So when we, as we're doing this transition, I feel it's very important that some of the bad habits we've all picked up like commenting and that being the information place or using message boards as the information source we have to show them that that's that we don't do it. We need to do it the new way for them to do it too. And so, um, and, and, and it's hard to do that, you know, because as we let go of our habits to learn something new, 
you know, it's, it's always kind of weird, but I think like you said, it's going to make us all better because it's just there. It's centralized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for it. And I think one thing I would love to see the trails do that I think will help increase one, the amount of eyes on it, but two, I think from like a fan affinity standpoint where like when people go to a classic, right. There there's, I mean, especially this year in Knoxville, they're going to be like, there's going to be a lot of Matt Robertson fans. There's going to be, Jason Christie fans like you have these personalities. I would love to watch like Bass and Hobie and say KBF start leaning heavily on like their super active tournament anglers, the people that fish every single one, the ones that are successful and start bringing out some personalities. I know that's like that. It requires more than just some guy with a phone. That's like might do some investing on a media team or somebody that knows their way around a camera to bring that stuff to life. But I, re- I really think that if you start bringing out some characters and personalities, especially for a specific trail, you'll find more people can attach to it because they have somebody in a name to follow. That makes sense. And I think that will help because I think in my personal opinion, you can feel free to disagree or shoot this down, but I think eventually there's going to be live coverage of kayak tournaments. And I think I think we have to have it. Yeah. Right. And I think if you're able to have, a trail have say five different names that people know really know and they've been following it's going to make that transition to live coverage a lot easier if that makes sense yeah i mean the the kfl guys for all intents and purposes i mean it's it's engaging to watch you know i mean it's just like watching you know uh, a bass master live or, or bass live or whatever it, it can get boring it just is anything gets boring watching golf you know football bowling whatever it can get boring but yeah, so that's where I feel like as it does go live, and I think you mean it too, we'll have a team. We'll, they have a mark, you know, whoever they are, uh, a zona in them, in studio kind of, sort of. And it may be like this where we're in our rooms doing it remotely, but it's got to be a broadcast team. And that's been talked about by a few, and I know you guys probably have as well, but I agree with you there. And something you touched on, getting the the personalities out there. I'm glad you said that because I always say characters out there, and it thinks, sounds like a calling somebody a clown ass or something and i'm not but it's a, the, the personalities yeah getting them out there um getting them out there is is and, and what that'll also do is is help you with the your sponsor engagement because they're going to see you working you know i run the dugout bait and tackle staff team and that's something you know we we take very seriously is your 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 your, your product sponsors you know that those aren't easy to get you know and so, you you know, you have to make sure that you engage for them because you guys know you're in, you know, there's a lot of cuts. There's a lot of cuts that, that happened just this past year, 423. Um, and, and people don't realize that because those reps don't share that kind of stuff because, I mean, you know, that's they're not supposed to, you know, in-house stuff stays in-house. But if you've got a sponsorship from somebody, you, you better be very thankful for it right now and you better continue to work for them because they'll be gone quick. Um, Because there's a lot of hungry people out there just in our area right here in Chattanooga on Lake Chickamauga. I know five newer anglers that know the deal. They know how to promote. They know how to create content. And, you know, they're going to they're going to try to come after the stuff like they should. And so um, like we were talking about a minute ago when I mentioned all the new influx of people, you know, they're going to bring that too. And I don't know where in the heck people get so much time anymore, but there's people that have it. And so, but you did, you know, you mentioned getting those person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Getting those personalities out there. That's a thing with, with, with the Bassmaster stuff is, is, 
I mean, things are expensive, you know, I'm finding out and I, I'm, I can't share everything obviously, but I do, I'm pretty much an open book, but there, everything that you do publicly on the internet print or anything like that, there's a cost associated to it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think as people learn that Bassmaster is a business that puts on tournaments, I feel like it took some adjustment from us who are used to the grassroots and the, the shoulder to shoulder, my brother kind of stuff, you know, and you can still have that within our tournament series, but it's up to us to keep that that way. Um, when it comes to the Bassmaster stuff, I mean, we have to be strategic about how we do things, you know, especially with media coverage, because, you know, there's not a lot of cameramen. There just aren't, you know, that's a smaller crew, you know, and, and, and you know, uh, Yamaha and, and, pure fishing and all these other sponsors, Johnson outdoors, you know, they, they pay, you know, because of that, that bass boat following, but you guys see, you know, as closely as y'all work with them, the Johnson outdoor brands, they support kayaking a lot. And, um, and so, but as we do that, you know, we have to figure out, um, how to keep that engagement and how to keep it in front of the right people that appreciate it at the, the business level. Um, but, but, you know, I had wondered, you know, we had discussed, you know, the classic is the classic. I mean, that, that's just what it is. I mean, we don't, I mean, I love being a part of it. Um, but you know, getting our anglers on stage has been a struggle and it's because we will be at the opening of it. I mean, that's kind of, we're coming into the classic. The classic is that boat tournament. That's what it's about. Um, and then, um, so I, I feel like a good idea would probably be for us to have our championship separate. You know, so that it can be marketed, highlighted, blown out of the water, streamed and get the good coverage. And um, so I think for a while we've tried the other and it, it's as best as it can be with, with what all that they're dealing with. Uh, but but I know you guys have been to classics. I mean, it's man, it's it's 100 miles an hour nonstop. Um, you think people are busy and, and nonstop. You you see people that catch another gear that I had no idea even existed. But so uh, that's something I'm looking at for 24 is to uh, to have our our championship a standalone. We'll, we'll do like the boat series does. We'll have a couple of events. We'll take a break. We'll have a good championship, and then we'll pick it back up. So um, uh, that's what I'm. That's why my ace in the whole lake. I'm I'm hoping I can have it. You know that that time of year there, um, and I want to have it where you know everyone can can drive and make a draw to it. You know, I I, I believe in still having it uh, during the week. I think that's important. I mean, you can structure your vacation however you want, uh, but I feel like having it in the middle of the week helps you because you get that drive time back home after a Wednesday, Thursday event. We can do awards, and then you can get back home. And so you've basically taken the weekend before, the few days before, the actual tournament, and then you've got two or three days to get back home and then go back to work. Um, and I just, I feel like that, that'll help us all. And my main point with that is, is that if you're fishing a Wednesday, Thursday championship, all the boaters are at work, you know? So I feel like that helps a lake, you know? So, uh, something else I had a person ask me, what do you think about a, a day off before day one of a championship, giving the lake a day off where anglers can't get out, poke around, accidentally beat it up, you know, uh, purposely beat it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't think many I, people do that now. I, I haven't either. But I, hell, as soon as somebody says something, though, it just runs like crazy. You, you know. Yeah. That, but yeah. yeah. So I, I kind of I mean I, I like it. I think the one heart. I think 
when we can get to where we talk about a pro trail for kayak, I think it's a, it's a great thing, especially for anglers to be able to make sure their boat's ready to go. You know, we know there's a bunch of people that always scramble last minute, gets them a time to get set. Uh, It's great for, uh, you know, the local commerce because probably going out with meals with people or you're trying to find something to do on that day. Um, I think right now it's, it's like, to me, in my opinion, right now, it's kind of hard to do the day off because especially if you don't allow people on the water, because not many people can take multiple days off to go practice. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. Um, where if they're going to take off and they, they can't be on the water anyways, it's kind of hard for them to get any preparation in, which it can be a hard commitment to go to an event. If that makes any sense. Yeah. And you've already used some of that said vacation to get your season started too. So the champion, yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying there. And so it's just a thought, you know, but you're right. If it's a, if it's a pro series where everybody's paid in, it's structured, you know, it's that way every year, then then maybe so. Yeah, you're right. But it's just something I had thought about, you know, just kicking around ideas with people. So, uh, but, but I also find, and I feel like this is where we were at also, Things have been the way they are for a while. And so it was kind of like, we need to change this. We need to change something. And it's like, well, do we? Or are we just kind of bored and we want something to change? It's a little stale or something. I mean, you know, we talk about rules a little bit. If you guys have time, you know, um, you know, we, the three, myself, Chad and AJ work together, um, you know, and we, we, you know, we don't have necessarily a panel, but man, I talk to a lot of people. And, and, and if I'm, if, if we're talking about the things, I may not be asking you a direct question, but I remember what you say. So like, you know, um, I have, there's a lot of input from other people. And when you ask a question, you get those answers back. There's a lot of this stuff that was 50, 50, you know, and, and it, it literally is the starting point of getting everything unified as best we can. And so, you know, the way things are now may not be the way they, they are next year, but, but we all do have, you know, like AJ's already come out with his rules. I'm pretty sure Chad's rules are out too. I mean, they're fishing this week. Um, so, I mean, you know, we'll have an off limits period and then, you know, an official practice period. And then, you know, like Bassmaster, we had the, the three day. And the reason I changed it, the, the main reason, because I, 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 I can't explain why, but I feel like the three is, is good. But, I can't have a Bassmaster series and the other series is have their practice period, which has very good merit points. And then me have to worry about disqualifying you guys because you got mixed up on it. So we, it needs to be, that is something that important. It needs to be uniformed. Um, You know, and and I also understand the merit of, uh, could y'all just be honest with you? I think I I like that other way, but literally I never got to pre-fish that way. I literally had to pre-fish the weekends before the event every single time. I would roll into town on Friday, maybe, and get to pre-fish a little bit. But I didn't get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then, um, you know, there are disadvantages of having an entire field of 200 people beating fish up three days in a row. You know, uh, that's also a negative drawback. I mean, and, and there are, you know, the concerns of people being able to spend all seven days on a body of water or lake. You can dive into that too. I mean, how many people actually do it? Is it really that big a deal? Can you quantify that it helps them or not? It also can hurt somebody the more you get to fish. You figure it out and then you're sitting there on a Wednesday and you're just squirrely, squirrely, squirrely and you get back out again because we like to fish. Now you've wrecked more of your fish or you've undone a pattern you discovered. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can, 
there and, and here's I feel it's truly one of those things in life that yes, you're right. Yes, you're right, and yes, you're right. It's just it just is. No matter how you carve it up, there's good enough merits for every one of them for, mm-hmm. for that point to be the one that should be chosen. And so I felt like for me, for us overall to have it unified, you know, uh, uh, you know, Hobie and KBF have no off limits period. So you start zapping people with three and it may not bother anything, but as a tournament director and an organizer, you still have to be concerned that what you do has a negative effect when it's something that drastic. So I don't, I feel like the other is so inclusive that it's hard to really alienate someone enough to where they're not going to fish your series. Um, and then, you know, we, we will all have, you know, standardized launches and those lists will be provided. And, and trust me, if, if you're concerned about fishing something that I believe it, dude, I want you to go where God split the rock and let the water come out of the mountain. That's where I want you. I want you to have as much water as you can fish. So I'll have plenty of launches. It's not designed to alienate any people, any person, take anyone out of contention or anything like that but it's gotten to the point in, in a tournament where you're literally spending so much time investigating, researching and this, that, and the other, it increases the chances of, of us screwing up and d- doing something that's going to hurt you guys and take money away from somebody that deserves it. Um, I don't believe in all the maliciousness that gets rumored. You know, I know there are instances that push the gray area, you know, push, push, but I mean, those boundaries are there for a reason for you to get as close to as you can. They do it in NASCAR, don't they? When they go high against the wall and stuff. So, you know, I'm okay with that, but um, it's just, it's, it's where I think it's was on the verge of something that was probably going to go uncontrollable just a little bit. And I felt like, you know, we, we, we've got to get something on there and then look at the positive to it is, is Andrew, you're never going to get disqualified by launching somewhere on private property because now you have your launches and um, I feel it just, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like it's going to be a really good thing. Yeah. That, that was one that, I mean, honestly, like there's a day where I swing one way on it and there's a day that I swing another, Yeah, but I've reached the consensus of like, yeah, it, it sucks on one point where it's like it takes kind of the hunt out of doing your research and right. putting your miles in. But at the same point in time, a legitimate kayak trail that has a legitimate payout, we have an honor code in tournament bass fishing for the most part. You know, unless there's a marshal in your boat that can kind of you know keep you to that, that's one thing. But in kayak fishing, we don't have marshals. We don't have, you know, cameras that are always on us. I mean, it's up to you on whether you're – going to be truthful to the sport whereas that's what launches used to be right where it's no one's gonna you know check up on you and give you the the one 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 and like are you going to be launching on private or public like you could probably be sneaky launch on private and get away with it but no this way with this much money on the line you're reducing the amount of like honor code that needs to be trusted upon a competitor and it makes your job way easier that way too so I think right. when you move that gray with that much money on the line, I think that's the smart decision. Where even though you might, you know, for some way people fish, it, it might create races. And I think that's just a part of the sport as an evolution. I think we'll get to some place down the road that might be a solution to like compromise. If that makes any, it makes any sense. Yeah, I'm absolutely. I agree with that as well. I, I mean, you know, I'm 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 sound and solid on the decisions that I do make, and and I'll stick with them. You know, 
from from A to Z. But it is I'm very indecisive because I do I am so concerned at taking something away from somebody that they love and enjoy, you know. But um, so I mean, you may hear things publicly and and, and but that's no that that's very very little of my thought process was geared towards any of that and so uh, but but i will say this dude is we're as we're talking about these things just listening because because people will tell you that the you know we're dudes we like to have the information and the know but for about two months dude just the amount of people that were contacting me um about you know investigations and this and that and the other and then what do you think about this People just started laying it all out there, how they launch, what they do, what they look for, how they fish and this, that and the other. And I'm just like, whoa, man, you know, this is uh, so the, it, it, there's a lot of people out there that that I would be watching, you know, if, if I were a, a tournament fisherman sometime. And, and uh, they're not doing anything wrong. But, you know, that's that's what really, really got my decision and what I discussed with Bassmaster was. You know, these are some things that that could potentially be a certain way, and we we gotta, I mean, we gotta safeguard it. And I mean, and you don't always agree with the person that's trying to lead something, and and but at the same time, not everybody has that same thought process. You know, that a tournament director or an organizer has. You know, I mean, you got we can relate to one another a lot, but. To, to accept that challenge of, of growing and, and taking care of something, you know, obviously it's my job and I'm compensated for it and I love it, but it's truly because I want everyone to have something good to fish. That's why I run five, six different tournament trails is because mm-hmm. I want you to, to have fun. I enjoy it. I love it. And, and it does feel good to have people compliment the job that we do. You know, uh, Dan, you know, I mentioned Daniel, Daniel Davis helps me with everything. You know, um, and, and I work, you know, obviously closely with AJ. You know, I've got to work with Chad in the past. I've got to work with Tyler, you know, Patrick Malone and, and, and Juan Nunez. And, and it just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, man, I can ramble on. I just, I, I get, I get to do so much and it's just, it's all fun. And then, which led to how I was able to take the Bassmaster job. My wife was like, you know, I have a, I, for my entire life, I've been a reactor operator at chemical plants. I'm in maintenance now, so I could get a Monday through Friday job. And with everything we've got going on at Dugout, um, my Bass Nation stuff, because Tennessee and Georgia is growing really, really well. Um, and, and you know, my and my son, you know, I've got four great granddaughters and a good wife. And, and, you know, my son's got a hardwood floor business that I help some, you know, manage and this and that a little bit. My wife said, you can't grow anything else bigger, you know. You 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 have a, a eight hour a day job, you know. Uh, something's got to give, you know. And in a positive way, she was telling me. You, you know, my son really drove it home. He's like, you know, you're in a position to do something that no one else can do. Hardly, you know. There's there's a lot of tournament directors that do it for a living. He said, but you know, you're always going to be able to find a job, you know. But you're not always going to be able to have this opportunity to debate on yourself and just, you know. Uh, so now I get to get rid of 40 hours a week and work from home and travel and hang out extra days and see y'all. So heck yeah, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, so yeah, man, I appreciate that. And so, but it is scary because I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm betting on, you know, all you guys coming and fishing with us, you know, but in order to do that, I have to do what's right. 
And if I don't, then, you know, you're, you're done. You know, you're done. I, I'm going to, you know, nobody's going to come fish my stuff. Then I'm out of a job and we don't have a series. And so, you know, uh, that's what drives it for me. You know, I want, I want us all to be successful and everybody be able to stand up and, and on stage somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, heck yeah. I mean, you got fans here on the show, you got yeah. fans here in the podcast. So uh, I know this year I cannot, although I might try to make the Susky event just for fun because it's a Susky, but uh, yeah. I, you can count me in for, for next year, especially if you can move away from the classic, like you were talking about earlier. I think that would, would definitely be awesome because being that with my full-time job, I have to work the whole like classic media day. And I yeah. restricts me from being able to fish the kayak championship, but I, I think you're doing an incredibly good job. But now we need to get uh, sure. this guy into a kayak. I'm still trying to get him to do it. And uh, yeah, I look, did a little bit of the stalking. I saw them big small jaws. He was holding up there. Like, Golly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've got, got good ones, but not like I'm, y'all do. I'm blessed with the lifestyle I am able to live in. Maybe this summer at some point, Bailey, I'll, we'll, we'll get in one. Like we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. It's just we'll make it happen. Yeah. But so Steve, what what water do you live on, Andrew? I'm sorry, I know you so got to go. But. Bailey and I both live in Buffalo, New York. So I guide on Lake Erie out of Buffalo, but I also have my New York State guide license, so I can go on any body of water in New York State and guide for largemouth or smallmouth. Oh, that's killer! That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we're about a, like 15 minutes, Andy, from the ish. ramp. Yeah, ish. And you're about to be five minutes from the ramp. Yeah, I'm about to be like seven from late. Like, we're, from my house, I'm like eight minutes from the Niagara River, which is basically a straight out of Lake Erie that dumps in Lake Ontario that has a 200-foot waterfall on it or however big it is. But um, <clears throat> I could be catching some hundreds of smallmouth in a week in 10, 15 minutes a day of driving. Like, Golly, I, t- I timed it the one day from my Hooking my boat up, driving to the boat ramp, and putting my boat in the water it took me 14 minutes. That's amazing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. You guys well, know uh, Greg Mulgrew by chance up there? Yeah. Um, I actually did a little bit of work for Greg back in the day. But, uh, during the whole COVID thing, I started a little social yeah. media gig. So I worked with Greg for a little while. Yeah, he, he's obviously his kayak. I met him at, uh, at the Akatak tournament. Uh, that Year number ten, it, we we fished together. I we camp. He was the first person I saw at the campground. He was like, "Hey, whatever." He gave me a beer. We, you know, I'm a, I'm a Yankees fan. He's a Yankees fan. Yeah, and so uh, we just we hit that off, and and then uh, I ended I ended up winning that tournament that weekend, and I beat him for big bass. <laughs> that was awesome. He said, yeah, "Give me no, that beer was, back," is what he said. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, <laughs> no. that that I missed that that yak attack event was was one of the most fun weeks I've ever had. It, it was amazing. Heck yeah. So, yeah, dude. Heck yeah. Well, if you uh if you get time, uh, and obviously we'll be chatting a lot between now and October, but um after that susky event if you got some time to spare come up three hours north and uh we'll take you on some smallmouth honey holes because mid-october to mid-november oh, is even if even if you don't want to catch smallmouth like the the fishing oh, around largemouth here... fishing is nuts yeah like, really oh, yeah, yeah it it can be silly big old if... bellies yeah 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 i hope i can stretch I, I hope i can fit that in as it turns out i think when i come back home my wife is on a four-day work stretch, so it's not like I have to rush back here. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, I got like a, I got like a wedding thing or whatever in October. Yeah, around that. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. 
great. We'll yeah, I appreciate you guys letting me come on here and catch up on everything and kind of, I guess, unveil, you know, a little bit of stuff. I mean, there's, there's some more rule changes, but it's, it's really, I mean, it's all pretty much self-explanatory. It's already been talked about, you know, through AJ's rules because we're, you know, we all, we sat down and spent a lot of time going through the language and verbiage to try to line it all up as best we could. So. Heck yeah, man. Well, it's been a pleasure getting you on here and I'm sure it's not going to be the last time. And uh, I'm obviously I'm sure you'll be at the classic, correct? Yeah. Yep. I'll be there. I work, obviously I live on Lake Chickamauga, so I'll be up there Wednesday night and then close everything out back down here Thursday and one of my granddaughters got a birthday on Sunday. And so, and I get to do MC on the stage for our tournament. So, okay. yeah. Heck awesome. yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you then, man. We'll, we'll grab a beer. That's All right, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. Have a good yeah. night. Take care, Steve. We'll see talk you. to you. Thank you. It, it sounds like the kayak trail on the Bassmaster side is in very good hands from mm-hmm. what I would take away from this recording. It was it's very insightful. I like, I like to see the passion sometimes on the kayak side, because, you know, for me as being somebody in a boat, it's something that's very foreign to me, even though like, you know, you can tell me everything you want. It's just mush because it's kayak. It's something I'm not used to. So it's kind of cool to see like the passion and the drive behind it. And I really look forward to following the Bassmaster kayak series to see how it grows over the next coming years. Cause I mean, Hobie's been around for a while, right? And you have KBF. See, look at this. I even know terms. Like, look at I you. do follow. You're growing yeah, up. <laughs> I'm growing up, right? Like, bass guy shrinking here to a plastic army. But <laughs> I prefer kidding. the term Tupperware warrior. Thank you, Tupperware warrior. Got it. Got <laughs> <That's> it. <right. laughs> no, no. It um, it, it's really cool to see the passion behind it, and um, there's a lot of things about that side that i think are really cool it's maybe one day maybe one day i'll get in a kayak and fish a tournament maybe because it, it right, does it, it does sound enticing it's just one time two money to buy a kayak and three do i really want to leave my money to buy a kayak you got a free route to use a kayak for a day my friend i know but it's it, you know as a technology graph guy i gotta put graphs on it like i just see all these roadblocks and that's no you're not you are a get up and go flip docks guy, which is exactly what you can do with a, with a kayak. Do you want me to bang every pontoon boat and then throw my rod in the water and flip yes. the kayak over? Be yes, great. I actually would love to watch that happen. Because <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen, all right? Yeah, hey, it's fine by me. It's my entertainment. Just let me get a GoPro on you before you do. Oh, gosh. It, Make some money out of that sucker. Oh, I'm sure you would. You would benefit vastly out of my humility. Oh, yes. I can see the YouTube title now. <laughs> Fatso falls out of kayak. What an idiot. <laughs> well, dude, I'm looking forward to fishing that trail uh, in the next coming years, especially if yeah. you can, like I mentioned, if you can get away from the classic. Well, I mean, that's more out of selfish reasons, but I do understand the point of that. The classic itself, when you try to do another event in conjunction with it, uh, a classic is going to overshadow yeah. every other event that is possibly around it. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you could do that. I mean, it's selfish because me, because I have to work the classic, but I would love to fish it. You know, I think with him, Steve, you know, in the in charge with the reins, uh, it's going to go to some great heights. So, it's, uh, I think you could see the thing blow up, especially that has, it's, it's already got some steroids to the name because it's Bassmaster. Yeah. So, it so, has 
the the first thing that comes to mind for me is that they move it away from the classic and i and i just wanted to say this before i lost my train of thought i apologize for cutting you off but if they move it away from the classic that opens the opportunity for them to move the lakes north and the guys that are from like tennessee that area it's still not a far drive and you could literally see close races at the top like yeah, I don't. I really don't think we're going to see a championship in the next ten years ever come north. But I'm I'm talking on the kayak side. Yeah, I, I, I like at the end of the year. That. You never I know. Still stand by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the main reason, if you look at these tournaments, who's fishing them? Even when you go north, there isn't the participation. Yeah, it's fair. It is for. Fair. I mean, you look at New York, and we get seventy. I'd love to watch it. I'd love to have it happen. I mean, dude, I have, I have dreams of a, a Bassmaster Classic coming to Cayuga or Oneida. Like, I have dreams of that happening. But, like, um, the the main demographic of kayak tournament anglers that fish on that national scale are south and southeast. Mm-hmm. I, w- I would argue that, like, your central, like, your Nebraska slash Iowa is big, too. Then you have your west coast. Um, but, like, for, for whatever reason, you're – Michigan to the Northeast, there just isn't that heavy of an involvement. I mean, a big event in the Northeast is 75 people. So it's not really enough to, so what I'm trying to get at is you could have the event there, but your, your main population, like say 65% being the South and Southeast, you're making the longest drive for. Whereas if you make in the South, you have maybe a handful of guys that have to make that 20 hour drive. I mean, it sucks to do that. I could, I would love to watch it come north man i yeah. really would selfishly because if you told me a championship event on Cayuga or Oneida and i'm you know i'm chomping at the bit i'm drooling at the chance for that but it's uh i i, I want to just go I, I think the sport needs baby steps like hobie's coming to Cayuga this year i think that would be a great representation of if the north can pull because if there's a lake that's going to show out for it it's going to be Cayuga, and i mean mlf's going to be there two weeks prior and they're going to destroy the damn thing because they'll be spawning when but is that will be event again is that the week before two weeks after is... mlf so it's okay, be so it'll what... be the end of june which okay. is my favorite time of year to be there yeah i know it is they're all freshly off the bed offshore you know exactly where i'm gonna be yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, i was it's looking at really uh... good event, dude. yeah i agree i was looking at tournament schedules today and i'm like good god Cayuga is gonna be dead by the end of june <laughs> like yeah, yeah i mean i think because you uh, have mlf opening weekend there will be like seven different tournaments out of every single launch but there's a well, big I think one. mlf's the a- week before yeah and aba is there june 17th which will draw 100 boats probably because it's the ABA uh, they opener. had aba last year i thought and they weren't getting like i don't it think was later on 14 boats hmm. oh i don't know if it was aba that was there I don't think the ABA went there last year. Yeah, they did because I remember like Jeff Marinetti fishing it. I think there was only like 14 mm. boats. Brutal. I, don't know, I think actually, my, well, it might have been two years ago. I can't remember. Regardless, it was oh, like the one that they had. The co angler had like 18 pounds of three fish or something. Oh, that was in the fall, too. So like people knew that it was, yeah. The ABAs are weird because, like, the first couple tournaments, because I think the way they're set up is you only have to fish, like, a certain amount and get a certain amount of points that you can qualify for the regional event. But since they put it on the opener, I wonder if they're trying to force people's hand to go there for opening weekend. 
So it'll be interesting to see how beat up that lake gets. Because I was like, ooh, oh, like screwed, man. It, it's 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 done. Um, mm. After I'm watching, glad we have a couple hidden happened. gems near us. <laughs> that big fish. No, oh, they're not near us. They're they're north. Don't worry. Don't don't come this way. Don't come to both. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, dude, what happened last year at the MLF? Seeing pictures of what that lake looked like after MLF left in this sea of boats that were all hammering the fish that MLF just hammered. And now MLS going to come, at least, you know, they're not keeping, they're not putting these fish in live wells, but they're coming prime time fish on beds, which is probably going to piss off the opening weekend tournaments. Although I bet you half the damn field on opening weekend is going to be there already. And they're going to watch where the winners are. Mm-hmm. You already know for a fact that's where they're going to be. Yeah. The um, only thing with spawning fish is if the MLF event hits those spawners, like deadhead, big females, the next week they're going to be all males. St. Lawrence. Yeah, yeah so we're hitting it on the Hobie at a perfect time. Perfect time where it's gonna be you'll probably have some late spawners that are shallow and they might see a female up late. I mean, I have some stuff on that lake where you can go back and like I've seen females on bed in early July. So it's yeah. like depending on how our weather goes, the moon is right. Yeah, I mean a lot can happen, but I think it's gonna be a great showing this year. But I also feel like that lake is the state has destroyed it. I mean, I mean, I'll call them out on it. I think they've done a horrible job trying to manage the grass. I think there is no grass left, um, and it sucks to see that. But it's uh, unfortunately, I really think KU is on the decline. I hope I'm wrong, but it you've seen weights come up and up time. and up. But I think that's because of the entrance of Gobi. So you're seeing the weights go up, and you're seeing this resurgence of smallmouth. And I could see the lake turning into like an Oneida where it's like a straight up smallmouth fishery with a small mix of largemouth. I just don't see it being a great largemouth fishery in 10 years. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like they're wrecking it. They're not doing anything to restore it. Yeah. Lakes go through cycles because it's silical on natural lakes, right? Like, look at Kenesha's so mouth. it's a dumpster oh, fire. Just- and now another lake right next to it in Honey Eye, they poured basically a pesticide and put a big black mat on the bottom of the entire lake this past fall. So that lake is probably trashed. Gone. So let's, um, yeah, it's it's interesting to see what's going to be happening. All I know is I'm probably going to be spending a lot of my time this year when I'm off on a lake that I absolutely hate trying to learn it because even though they carpet bomb it, they only carpet bomb one side. So I'm going to go and try to learn the other side. That's usually pretty clear. Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> to... no, I, think, I think that place is, I hate that place. I have a personal vendetta. Me too. It's a godforsaken mud hole in my opinion, but it does have some really big fish in it. It does. It really does. Um, and I know we're rambling. We're almost going two hours here. That was yeah. we had more had more fun with Steve than I thought we were going to. I thought Steve's gonna oh. come in, state the rules, but then we start talking stories with Steve, and it's always fun talking to Steve. So it's like here we are, two hours. So I appreciate everybody that's actually still listening. Yeah. Right now. But uh, Andy, there's a lot more we need to talk about, but we're gonna save it for another show for next week's show, Tuesday night. Uh, business from the bass boats going up on Monday morning. Uh, but uh, beyond that. Uh, make sure you guys listen or watch the new Lure Lab coming tomorrow on Tubes with Mr. Hayden Anderson. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, Andy, anything else for the folks before we tune out? Mm-hmm. Two hours in, I think uh, we'll let the 
viewership go at this point, and we will catch you guys next week and everyone who's tuning in. All right, folks. Appreciate y'all. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs>